Gilpin, as you know, um, Gareth is my husband, and I'm just, I do want to say something that I don't know if I've gotten to say to everybody. We have been so blessed um, being here. I have felt so welcomed and so loved and encouraged and supported, and that is a huge piece for us, because as much as you're trying to get to know us, I'm st- it's still a lot of names that I'm still trying to, to get down, and so I do ask for forgiveness if I do happen to call you the wrong name, or I ask maybe a second or third time what your name was, um, but hopefully we'll get there. We will get there eventually, but I just love getting to know everybody. This is such a great um, church body and church family, and I, I love going into times like this, like Christmas season, right? It's just family doing church and life together, and I just love that kind of about it. I love the Advent season, and I don't know how many of you have, you know, gotten to experience kind of what it is to step into this and look at these kind of four things, like Advent is about anticipation and longing, um, really looking towards the time when Jesus' birth is going to be here. So I, for me, I love this time. It's kind of we're looking at these four um, longings of every human heart, and really they're peace, love, joy, and hope. And last week uh, we got to take we got to take a look at hope. Um, Gareth talked about last week, and today I'm going to be talking about peace. And so it's just a, a beautiful time at Christmas to kind of stop and just reflect and think about these gifts that we've been given from Jesus and, and from what it meant that He came here to be with us, to be Emmanuel, to dwell with us. Um, I also, with Advent, we do have a lot of really good resources on the website. So if you're looking for maybe something you want to do together with your family, kind of a devotional to look through, it's just a really great way to kind of come into it. I know sometimes as a kid, growing up in church, you hear, and it's always about this little Christmas story, and you talk about that, and he came, and it's about baby Jesus, right? But there's so much more that came when, when he came to earth for us. So we can just um, kind of have fun with that and reflect on it and look at it, but I am excited that it is Christmas again, because I don't know about you, but last year was like a lockdown Christmas, right? We didn't get to have parties, we didn't get to be with our family as much and and do kind of all the fun activities that come with the season. Um, But you know, this year's brought a little bit of the seasonal anxiety back too. If you've kind of felt that in years past, like, I've got that party, I've got a host, and you know, am I gonna order everything before Thanksgiving? Because if I don't, then it's never gonna arrive before Christmas, you know? Anyone else kind of experienced a little bit of that? You know, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna get it all done, and it's just that feeling. I think the day after Halloween, I thought, I'm already behind, I'm already behind, it's not gonna happen. Um, but it's, you know, it all does and it all comes together. And I will say, I think I bought most all my gifts because I just wanted that part to be out, <laughs> to be done with. So anyone else, anybody bought like everything and you're absolutely done? These are my people. These are my people. <laughs> it's awesome to just be done with that. But 
you know, in it, it also comes, there's, you know, some anxiety, right, of the season. There's a seasonal stuff that comes and just different things that, that we kind of look at. Um, you know, I don't have to tell you that we live in this anxious world, right? This is a time we've had kids trying to go back into school and there's been anxiety over that and homeschooling and all the different pieces that have gone with this um, during this season. Um, did you know that Americans are actually the most anxious people on the earth? There's a lot of studies that have come out that have shown that per person, Americans carry the most anxiety of anyone in the world. Uh, the last two years, sadly, um, antidepressant drugs have doubled in sales over the last couple of years. And then one of the things that really grieves me, and it's something that I'm trying to keep a watch on, is 25% of 13 to 18-year-olds are experiencing some kind of anxiety-related disorder. Um, Generation Z is experiencing anxiety at a far higher rate than all older adults from them. And it's only going more in the younger kids as well. I'm sure you maybe know someone or have talked to somebody whose child is, is dealing with this. You know, we don't have to talk about the last 21 months between political strife and racial tensions and every aspect of COVID we have dealt with, right? So much anxiety over all of it um, and coming into it. But it's not even just these big kind of cultural issues. We've dealt with anxiety over, like our kids, like I've said before, maybe your work and your finances. Am I going to keep my job? Are they going to close? Now I'm still trying, trying to find another job. And there's so many aspects that, that come with all of this in this season and time. You know, I think anxiety is really really kind of those what ifs that just so suffocate our brain. We're just stuck in them. We can't get it off. It's like our mind's on a loop, you know, thinking about it and, and the anxiety that just keeps going. I think back to a time when I, a few years back, my, my middle daughter, Sophie, was 16 and she had gotten into this program where she had done so much work and prepped herself for it. It was a scholarship situation where she got to go to um, Jordan, to the Middle East, to learn Arabic for eight weeks uh, over the summer. And so she's getting ready to go over and we're thinking about this trip and part of me is like, well, she get in and, we'll and yep she got in and now it's time for her to go over and I'm thinking as you can imagine and maybe parents out there can think through all the thoughts that might be going through my mind is my daughter going to be okay she's across the world she's in a country where they speak a different language you know she's staying with this family of a different faith what is that going to be like and you know all the things that could go wrong and the things that could happen and what if I get that phone call and you know just goes in your mind on and on and I remember even friends would say to me things like are you sure? I, I don't think I'd let my daughter go to Jordan, you know, to, to be over there for a period of time. And I'm just thinking, oh, thanks a lot. Now you got me going all the more. And I'm like, you question your, your, your decision to let her go. But I knew it was something that God had put in her heart and she really wanted to do it. And it's cool to see now, actually, she's still studying Arabic um, in, in her university in DC. And just to see the, what God's given her. And she has such a passion for the language to learn and for the people. But I remember just being so struck with that anxiety I'd be up at night and sleeping, sleeping and, or trying to sleep, I should say, you know, and it just kept coming and coming. And I'm sure you've had those situations, probably about something totally different um, for you, but it's just real, right? The anxiety of the time, we even look at going into Christmas. Maybe Christmas is not like a normal Christmas for you. Maybe you're walking into Christmas with a loss. Maybe you've lost someone um, for the, through this year or you've lost a relationship during this year. Maybe you're just feeling anxious over, got, just got a medical you know, diagnosis that is not good and you're like, I don't even feel like celebrating 
celebrating Christmas right now. I'm feeling so anxious about all that's ahead and maybe it's family tensions and things that are going on as well. You know, but what does Christmas offer us with this anxiety and this season that we walk into? We just need to stop and say like, as we look at Advent and think about the things that God's given us, what has he given us at Christmas time? What is it that we can grab a hold of and hold on to in this season? Well, I love uh, the Christmas story. You think about, you know, nativity sets where everything looks so peaceful and every, everybody's staring down at the baby Jesus and, you know, we love it, um, have that out. But when you really look at the story, it wasn't, it didn't really start out you know, peaceful. It was really this anxious time. And if you can imagine, you know, it's not like nowadays Joseph could have, you know, simply got an Uber and, you know, went to an Airbnb in Bethlehem with the views of the hills and, you know, that kind of thing. He could have got DoorDash and had the Chick-fil-A delivered to the stable. Well, that's not exactly how it was, right, back then. What, back then, what you had was you had a, a travel, they had to travel, their journey was 90 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, where, where Joseph and Mary had to go for the census for Joseph's family. And you think, here she is, she's at this point, I'm assuming she's nine months pregnant, so I'm giving license to where we don't know what time in the, you know, in the uh, birth and all that he, when he came, but... You know, they get there and you don't have a place to stay. And now, you know, she's been on the back of a donkey for 90 miles and pregnant. I mean, let's just think about that. That's not super fun. I, I let alone don't want to go in a car for 90 miles when I'm nine months pregnant at that time. But just, uh, you know, the anxiety, they're like going to this place. They don't have family to stay with. And, you know, what am I going to do? And here she's at ready to give birth. And now the labor started and contractions are starting and it's all kind of in this moment and the anxiety and now Joseph cannot find a place to stay. He's knocking on doors, she's looking and I'm saying, I don't know if I was married, probably be giving him the evil eye, like why did you not get a place for us to stay, you know, here? Why didn't you figure this out before we got here? But, um, you know, here it is and it's just chaotic and it's crazy, you know, in this moment where they're trying to find a place to stay. And what does he get but a stable, which is basically a barn, right? It's dirty, it's messy, it's smelly. And this is where, this is where the place and the chaos and the anxiety of all the day that the Prince of Peace, Jesus, was gonna come and be born, the Son of God. I'm sure it's not what Mary and Joseph had in mind either for that day. But you know, when I look at that story, I think about the fact that he came to a world that was very dark, very chaotic at the moment. You know, you think about the Jewish people and how they were suffering under the Romans at the time. But Jesus came into the chaos and into the mess. And that's literally where he was born, in the mess there, in the stable. And you know, I think of it now in this time, we think of the word Emmanuel at Christmas. God came to be with us. So he comes in the middle of our mess, of our chaos. And I think some of you may be going through that, maybe going through that storm or that chaos going on right now. And he's just reminding you, I'm here. I came to be in this with you. He doesn't run from those times. He, he runs to you in those times. Um, so I just, even in the midst of all, and there's a beautiful scripture in Isaiah that we go back to and we read a lot of times at Christmas, but we're gonna read it again. I love it. It's Isaiah 9, 6, and it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So as he comes in all these ways and all these names we have of him, that he is our wonderful counselor. He is all, all wisdom is, comes from him. He's our mighty God. All power belongs to him. Maybe some of you need to hear that today. He's all powerful. He's more powerful than any situation that we're walking through. He's um, an everlasting father who doesn't leave his kids. He stays with us always. And then he is the prince of peace. 
And I love this. He's the prince of peace. Like he, he is the very essence of what peace is. And I want to look at this word, at peace, right? So we think of what the world kind of tells us and what you'd see in the dictionary is that peace is the absence of conflict or the absence of war. But excuse me, what, what biblical peace is, is so different. You know, the world, we think of peace, it's based on my situation. You know, it's based on things being okay around me. Maybe you feel peaceful when you're, you know, got a cup of coffee and you're by the fire reading a book, or maybe you're, you know, getting a spa treatment and feeling it feels very peaceful and relaxed. Or for maybe for you, it's being out on the lake in a boat and you're fishing lines in the water waiting for that fish to catch. And, or maybe it's just somehow being in, in, in uh, nature in some way. I know my husband loves to hike, so that's his thing. And he feels very peaceful then. But that's a different peace that we get from God and we think of it. What does the Prince of Peace give us? Well, this word in the, in the Bible is a word we've looked at a little bit over the past few weeks here, and it's the biblical word shalom. And what that means is not peace like all is just well and everything's going really great in front of me, but it means wholeness or completeness. And this word that we find, it's in Jesus alone. He is our peace, right? You've heard that said. He's a prince of peace. So what peace of God is, is it's not just the absence of something, but it's the presence of someone. It's Jesus' presence with us. It's not just, oh, everything's good and every relationship I have is going well and my job's good and everything's good, right? Those are the things that we're always trying to keep control of, but it's Jesus' presence with us. But how do we live in this peace, right? So we get this peace, we're like, yeah, that's right. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, he lives with us. But how do we walk in this? How do we get to like walk it out daily? What does that look like? Well, the first thing that we have to do is receive his peace. We have to receive it. It's a gift that he gives us. Uh, you know, as Jesus was uh, nearing the cross and ready to, to go to the cross to die for us and for our sins and the punishment that we deserved, he was with his disciples. And in that time, he shared with them a scripture in John 14, 27 that says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This peace he gives, it's not the kind of peace we get in the world, right? It's his very presence with us. But it's something that we have to then, you know, make, make our own. As you think about it, he was preaching these words to, or speaking these words to the disciples. He knew the road that was ahead for them. You know, these guys were gonna go into a time of persecution. They were gonna go to the ends of the earth and they were gonna preach the gospel and take it to as many people as they could. But also he knew that many of them were gonna die a martyr's death. And you know, just like them and the life that they had, that they had ahead of them that Jesus knew, don't be troubled or afraid, he kept saying to them. Many times in scripture we see that. And it's something he knows about us too. He knows that we're weak. He knows that we are gonna go through suffering. He knows that we're gonna have things we come up against. He knows we're gonna have brokenness. We're gonna fail. You know, he knows that we're gonna be weak at those times where we're like, I can't go on, I can't, I can't do it. And he's saying to us, do not be troubled or afraid. I am coming to you. It's a gift that he gives us. But it's something that we need to take as he gives us this gift of his presence and of his peace. It's something that we have to take. We have to open it. We have to, almost like with a gift, you open it and you're looking at it. It's like we have to receive it in our lives. We have to walk in it in our lives. Uh, in Isaiah 26.3, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You know, this is the way to do it. Are we trusting in him? We receive this gift. Are we keeping our thoughts on him? 
You know, one of the ways that I, I love to do this when I go back, especially at times when I am feeling anxious, it's the idea of um, just being uh, so grateful and just keeping my eyes on him is thinking of his character. I think about his goodness. I think about his love. I think about the fact that he's never gonna leave or forsake me. You know, as you walk in that, you think about the different pieces, his kindness, his patience with us. Oh, is he patient with us, you know? And as I do that, I go back and it just starts to change my perspective about what I'm walking through, about the things in front of me. It doesn't mean the circumstance always changes, right? But it sure changes my perspective in it. And I remember who's in control. I fix my thoughts on him. I fix my eyes on him. And that's the way, this is the way that we go through it, right? Henry Nouwen has a beautiful uh, quote that he gives about this. says, keep your eyes on the Prince of Peace, the one who does not cling to his divine power, the one who refuses to turn stones into bread, jump from great heights, and rule with great power, the one who touches and heals the lame, the crippled, and the blind, the one who speaks words of forgiveness and encouragement. Keep your eyes on him who becomes poor with the poor, weak with the weak. He is the source of all peace. He's the one that comes and meets us right where we're at. He becomes poor with the poor. He knows what suffering is. He did it himself for us, the ultimate, given his life for us. This is the the gift that he's given us, this peace, but we need to receive it and walk in it and have his presence with us. Uh, The next thing that that we need to do is we need to abide in peace. We need to abide in his peace. In John 15, five, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, we're not just called to receive this peace, but we need to abide in it. Do you ever feel like you have those times where you kind of, oh, I feel, pe- I feel God's peace, he's with me, and you kind of go about your life and you start taking control again and figuring it out, I gotta do it all on my own. But he's saying, I want you to abide in me. I want you to abide, and my peace is there, my presence is there with you all the time. As we get to abide in that, we think about that. How do we do this? We create a habit of spending time with him each day. It sounds so simple, but can I tell you, when we come each day, we, we all have to refocus our hearts and our minds on him. We have to remember who he is in our lives, to remember what he's done in our lives. I love in the scripture in Lamentations, it says, the scripture, it says, his mercies are new every morning. And I once heard someone say, why do you think he says they're new every morning? Because he knew we were gonna need them every morning, right? It's just so true when you think about it. Our default is always to try to take control, always to try to figure it out on ourselves. And I gotta make this happen and I gotta do this on my own strength. But he's saying, I wanna be with you. I wanna take the time. I wanna talk with you. You know, and spend that time with me. Refocus your thoughts on who I am. A lot of other things really fall into place with right perspectives when we focus on who he is. We have to remain in him and trust. And we gotta surrender, right, each day to him as we do this and abide in that. And Jesus really is our most perfect example of this. He often went away to spend time with his father, his heavenly father. In Luke 5, 15 and 16, it says, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I think if anybody could have probably used the I'm too busy card to spend time with my heavenly father, it could have been Jesus. He had a lot of people just clamoring to get him and to touch, touch his robe and to be healed and get blessed by him and his ministry. But he knew 
who his source was. He knew where he needed to go back and spend time with his heavenly father. He didn't have it all in him. He needed his heavenly father. You know, if Jesus needed his heavenly father and to spend time with him, how much more do we need to spend time with him? It's just so good as he goes to, you think he just comes back with more of his spirit. He's more filled up, ready to then give out, which I think is how I feel sometimes about the morning. God, I just need your presence. I need you to fill me so that I'm ready to go on with whatever comes up in my day. Uh, you know, early on um, in the pandemic, I sure like a lot of you, we kind of walked through different emotions of all kinds um, last year. And, and I remember I started feeling after a couple months, I got, I feel like my number one emotion is just anger. And I couldn't figure out like, why am I so angry? And, and then the hard part was like, it was kind of, it was coming out to my family and I was getting angry and I was snapping at them. And, and I felt like I looked back and I like realized there was so much we had lost. There was so much that was taken away because of, because of COVID. And I think for me, I lost things like our, our daughter's high school graduation. We didn't get to celebrate the way we wanted to, or, um, also, uh, just, you know, if you think about the things on the news and everyone's opinion and social media and all the different thoughts and things about how things were being handled, and I found that I was just constantly agitated in my spirit. So even as my family was experiencing that, I knew that something had to change. And I, I kind of went back and I'm like, God, help me. What do I need to do right now? And I, I, needed, I knew what I needed to do was I had lost the habit of spending time with him. And I was trying to do it. And I think maybe if you're like me, kind of a lot of things, I got a little lazy on different habits in my life. But this is the one where I felt it was really showing the most in my life that I wasn't spending time with him. So I kind of just went and I said, God, forgive me. Like, please forgive this anger for my family. I had to ask forgiveness of them. Like, I'm sorry. I'm like biting at everybody and, and, and going at them. And it's not, not, not good when you're living with each other 24-7, you know, during that season. But it was something that I just needed to get away with him, ask forgiveness, like ask God to just come and restore store and just bring his peace again in his presence. And as I did that, like over the course of that couple weeks, I remember just really just feeling like it just kind of settled, you know, it just kind of settled my heart and my mind where I was and the anxiety, kind of the anger that was coming out in me. And it was such a beautiful, a beautiful thing to watch just coming back into his presence again. You know, I think of our kids I think of the anxiety that kids are feeling. Maybe your kids aren't, but you know someone else is talking about their kids walking through some of this. Some of them just going back into school was an anxious time and being with kids again and kind of social situations right now, kids are dealing with this. Very, it's a very real thing in the younger people. And I think, what is it that they need right now? They need to see our parents, grandparents, maybe mentors in their life taking our anxieties and our fears to Jesus. They need to see the example of that in us. They also, we also need to help them to show them how to take their anxieties to Jesus. He wants to come and meet with them. He doesn't want to see our kids kind of go in the way of just fear and anxiety. They're so sidelined from even life because they're living with this anxiety. And I just don't think that's what God's heart is for them. They also, we also wanna help them to be able to be praying for them and with them to show them how much Jesus wants to come and bring them peace, that Jesus' presence can be with them, can guide them, can go with them on the bus to school that day, can go with them to that thing they're really scared or anxious about. And I just think it's such a, a beautiful thing to get to have an example of that, and our kids need that as well. You know, in Philippians 4, uh, 6 and 7, it's scripture you've heard many times before, but I just want you to kind of listen to it maybe again and just hear it today in this season and this time and this where life is at for us right now. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. <laughs> 
I put an asterisk there. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. First of all, I love that because it's, it's yes, we're, we're bringing our anxieties to him. You know what we're doing is that we're processing with him. To use a term we talk about now, we process with friends or we go to a therapist and get to process through some of our things with them. Jesus is saying, come to me. Bring your burdens to me. I wanna process through them with you. I wanna give you a new perspective. I wanna give you words of wisdom and, and help you show you what to do and how to handle those. I also love that it says, thank him for all he's done. In fact, I love just getting to start with that. When you start thanking him and you're looking at all that he's done and how faithful he has been in our lives, you know, we get to walk in that and see it. And then at the same time, I've heard it once said that like gratitude and anxiety can't really coexist at the same time in our minds. You know, when we're thankful and we're thinking about all that God has done for us, it's pretty hard to get super anxious about something because you realize how in control he really is, how he is so sovereign over our lives. <clears throat> So as we do this too, we just begin to see there's this peace that comes as we're taking him to him and we're constantly going to him. And this is not just a morning thing. I think for me, this happens multiple times a day where it's like, oh, a new thing is coming and my mind is getting filled and going over and over with all the what ifs of what could happen, but it's bringing it to him. He begins to come and make some sense of the chaos. He comes and brings us new perspective. There's just so many beautiful things that happen as we kind of deliver that to him. You know, have you ever met one of those people that just have this countenance of peace about them? Maybe they're, they're going through something that seems so traumatic and you're like, I don't even know where I would be if I was going through that, that they are. But you see this like just peace that they're just settled because they know who God is. They know that he's sovereign. They know he's in control of their life. And it's just so beautiful to see they're, they're experiencing the deep presence of God in their life. You know, you just see that peace on them. I'm just like, I want to walk like that all the time. I want to be that kind of person that gets to walk in that. And then the last thing that we do with peace is that we need to give it away. We need to give peace away. You know, in Matthew 9 or 5, 9, it says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. We, we have this peace that God's saying, this is a gift I'm giving you and I want you to abide in it daily. I want you to walk it with me and my presence will be with you as you do that. But he's also calling us as his image bearers here on earth, as his sons and daughters, to take that peace and to give it away, to bring peace to the relationships in our life, to bring peace to our jobs and the places that we go, that we really have the peace of God and we can actually give that away. <clears throat> I know Jesus said too, they will know you by your love for me. They'll know you're my disciples. And one of the things that I have watched over this season, and I'm sure maybe you've seen it as well, is families that are at odds now, maybe through political stuff or just different situations that have come up during COVID, um, that I've seen, I have families that I know that aren't even talking to each other anymore right now, that they've talked maybe a year. You know, they're, the season, you know, Christmas is coming and they're not gonna be with each other for Christmas. You know, it's sad to watch that. And I think I've watched it even in the church, even in church families, people that just are like, well, I don't agree with what you're saying politically or this or that. And they're just like, I'd rather not talk with you. And they just have a broken relationship. And it just, I know it grieves the heart of God to see that this is what kind of has happened in this season and in the church as well. Um, in Ephesians 4, um, Paul is speaking to the Ephesians. He says this in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. 
says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. Now, I know this is so much easier said than done, isn't it, right? To walk this way, saying to walk humble, to be gentle. I'm gonna say humble is not usually how I feel when I think that I'm right about something. You know, you kind of want to step out and you're like, oh, I'm so right and they're wrong and I'm gonna make sure they know it, you know? But it's something that God has called us to walk in. This is the calling that he has for us as his kids. And I think this is the important piece is make every effort. It's really, I would say, is as much as it's up to you, make every effort to live in peace with those around you. And I think it starts first and foremost with our brothers and sisters in Christ. It starts with our families. You know, maybe you have an adult child that you haven't, you're estranged with right now. Maybe you've got a teenager that you're, you're estranged with right now and just not walking a good relationship. Or maybe it's someone here in the church that you have kind of been friends with in the past and that and some stuff's come up and there's just like this brokenness. It's just not as it was meant to be what it should have been what it was in the past. And I think this is just one of those times we come into to Christmas too and we see there's this peace that God's given us, but he's also asking us to be active peacemakers to those around us, to those first and foremost in the body. That's how, that's how the world's gonna know that we're his disciples. It's how we treat each other. It's how we love each other. It's how we may, you know, go at times and ask for forgiveness from one another. And at times, extending forgiveness, even if it's not being offered. We have to choose to do that. So as much as it's up to us, this is something that I know God's calling us to do. As his, as his image bearers, as, as his kids, he's saying, walk in peace. And then as we do it, not just with the people around us that, are, that we're doing close community and life with, with our families and our church family, but also that we get to take peace into the world, a world that is dying of anxiety and stress, right? A world that has no, no answer. They don't have Christ, and we get to take the peace, right, with us to them, into our workplaces, into different friendships we might have in the world, and we get to bring the peace to others. You know, imagine if we walked in this unity. There's a scripture that says, where there is unity, it commands a blessing. You know, what God can do in us, maybe we're not always gonna have uniformity of thought about everything, but we can sure have peace together. We can sure love one another. We can sure support and encourage one another. But as we get to walk, walk in that, there's a blessing that comes. And God begins to move and we begin to see that. Even, even the outside in the world can see it as we walk in peace together. You know, maybe you, for you, you, you are struggling with receiving peace. You're like, I just don't even, I've never even thought of it that way. Or, or what does it mean to really receive peace from the Lord? It's this gift that he gives us, but we have to trust him with it. We have to trust him and keep our thoughts and our eyes on him really is the way to do that, to receive that peace that he's given. We need to abide in his peace. This is a daily thing. I think it's so easy. I find that every morning we wake up and our hearts are kind of reverted back to that selfish way of thinking and I've got to take control and I've got to make everything happen today. But God say, no, come back to me. Focus your thoughts on me. Remember who I am and remember the peace that I give you. And then the last thing is we, as kids, we want to bring peace around us. We are to actively bring that peace to our families, you know, to love them, to forgive or ask forgiveness. 
And we get to do that in such a gracious way because he's been so gracious with us. He's been so forgiving of us, hasn't he? So much, he's been so patient with us that we then get to give that to others. So maybe you're being challenged in one of these areas. Maybe you're thinking about some of the things that you know, are coming up or just a time you're gonna be with some family that maybe you're not always in right relationship with. I want you just to think about these things, to receive it, to abide in it, and to walk with it. Um, so I have a friend that I've actually been um, talking with and praying with, and her family is actually going through really extreme anxiety. And as she's kind of the one in the family just trying to pray and just seek God, and I've just kind of tried to been supporting her in it, the Lord gave her a scripture that she shared with me as she was um, just doing devotions one day and praying for her family. And it's in Micah 7, 8. And it says, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. The Lord's light is his presence. He's with them. And she's just, she said, I've held on to this scripture. I've held on to this promise that the Lord will be with them, though they may sit in darkness. Maybe you're one, maybe you're this way or you have kids that are this way. You're just living in this like state of anxiety. It's just set, set upon you. It's on, heavy on your shoulders or your kids are walking in that. And Jesus is here. He's here to be the light. He's here to bring his presence and his peace to the anxiety that we go through. And he's saying, I want you to come to me. I want you to process this with me. I want, I'm there to be my presence with you. I'm there to love you. I'm there to pour out um, upon you and give you new perspectives in this area. So if you would now, we're just gonna take some time. I want you to close your eyes. We're just gonna kind of put ourselves away with the Lord. So close your eyes now. And I wanna give a chance. Maybe you're someone here that has never, ever really given your life to the Lord. Maybe you've never made him Lord of your life and, and your situation and things that you're walking with. And maybe this is one of those times what Jesus came at Christmas was to bring us peace by bringing peace with God. Because he came and died on the cross, he gave us peace that we can live with him in eternity. We can make him the Lord of our life. So maybe that's you today. Maybe you are dealing with just trying to figure it out on your own and you're saying, wait, I want peace with God. I wanna make him Lord of my life. If that's you today, I'm just gonna ask you in a second to raise your hand and just kind of make that commitment, even as every eye is closed here, that you're making the commitment to say, I want the Lord to be Lord of my life. I wanna find peace with God in this season and in this time and realize that he can be Lord of my life. I can surrender to him because he's so worth it and he has so much to give you. So if that's you right now, if you'd like to make him Lord of your life for the first time and say, this is something I wanna find peace with God today, would you raise your hand? Would you raise your hand now and just say, thank you, thank you. Jesus. Lord, today, I thank you, God, that you have met, Lord, these people today that have called on you for the first time. Lord, these people that are crying out and say, I want peace with God. I want to walk in that peace that you have for us. Lord, I pray that you would touch their hearts, God, as you do, and as they call on your name, God, that they will be saved. Lord, we thank you for what your son came to bring them, to die on their behalf, to take the punishment for their sin. And God, we just thank you so much for your peace, God, that you are giving them now, that they can walk in that. 
Lord, I thank you, Father, for those today that are just in a place where they're like, I haven't been walking in that peace that I know that God gives me. Lord, I pray you would help them today to receive it. Lord, to truly trust you, to keep their eyes on you, focused on who you are, thinking of all the pieces and all the things that you give us, God. And I pray, God, they would abide in it, Lord, daily, Lord. It would be a habit in our lives, realizing how quickly we get off track from that of realizing who you are. God, that you are sovereign, that you are covering us, that you are in control and you are guiding and leading our lives. Lord, we belong to you. And I ask Jesus today, maybe there's, there's folks here, God, who's you're just putting your finger in areas of their life. There's some people and relationships, God, that they really could actively be a peacemaker in those situations. Lord, maybe there's just some family members that they've been estranged from, God. And I pray that you would help them, Lord, as much as it's up to them, that they would walk in peace with those family members, God. They would walk in peace with those brothers and sisters in Christ. And Lord, I'm asking God that as you do that and you, you, you urge them along, God, you direct them in it. At the same time, God, all of us would walk with your peace and we would take it into the world. Lord, we would give it away. We would bless others with peace. We would be peacemakers in a world that so desperately needs it. So Jesus, I thank you for the ones you've touched today, the ones you're speaking to, God. And we ask that your peace, Lord, it's our portion every day. And we thank you so much for the gift of it. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen, amen, amen.